welcome to this edition of DCS Talks, a podcast production of the Tennessee Department of Children's Services. The intention of DCS Talks is to promote dialogue among child welfare professionals, foster parents, and the entire community about ways to prevent child abuse and neglect. I'm Anna Richmond, a training manager at DCS, and I am your host for this edition. In this edition of DCS Talks, we will discuss how human trafficking, particularly sex trafficking, has become a point of emphasis in the DCS system. To tell us more about human trafficking, we have Kelly Germain with us today. Kelly is a program manager for DCS and consultant for the human trafficking team. Kelly has been with the department for eight years working in CPS investigations and taking a special interest in CSEM cases. Kelly offered case consultation services to case managers on CSEM cases in her region while she was a CPS worker provided statewide trainings on CSIM, and has qualified in court as a subject matter expert to testify on the complexities of these cases. Kelly spent two years as a director at a nonprofit in Tennessee Valley that worked specifically with human trafficking victims. Kelly will graduate in May of 2023 with her master's in social work from the University of Kentucky, where human trafficking policy advancement has been one of her two primary focuses. Kelly, welcome to DCS Talks. Hi, I'm glad to be here today. Kelly, we're so glad that you're here. I've got a few questions I wanted to go through with you today. First, I want to start with you sharing your experience with us on human trafficking. I've been working with human trafficking victims in the DCS and nonprofit capacity since 2017. I got my first human trafficking case in 2017 and became very interested in this dynamic because it was something I hadn't seen before in my many years of case management. The cases we receive in rural Tennessee often involve parents exchanging sex with their children for drugs or something else of value, so it's not really your typical idea of what human trafficking would be. After I received my first case, I took a deep dive into learning all about it, knowing my law enforcement partners and service providers, and trying to understand how I could better serve these children. Through my master's program and nonprofit experience, I'm able to take a very clinical approach at how we look at these cases and the mental health outcomes that this violent crime has on families and children that it affects. And can you define human trafficking for our listeners? Sure. Human trafficking involves three parts in, in general. So it's the sale of a person for sex or labor in exchange for a good or service. And for adults, it must encompass force, fraud, or coercion. So for adults, if they have a trafficker and they receive anything of value in exchange for Sex or Labor Act, and there's force, fraud, or coercion involved, then you have human trafficking. Can you tell us more about human trafficking involving children? Sure. So with Tennessee, we've been one of the leading states in advancement on human trafficking laws and policies for children. And we're currently number one in the nation with the highest report card score from Shared Hope International. So for children, force, fraud, and coercion aren't going to be a factor. So you don't have to have that to consider it human trafficking. But we also passed a law to exclude our third party, also known as the trafficker, from being a factor for child trafficking. So essentially, this allows us to investigate cases where anything of value is exchanged, the child in return for a sex act. So we classified these as human trafficking. And the law that allows us to prosecute human trafficking in Tennessee is Tennessee Code Annotated 39-19-309. And then there are many other laws that encompass human trafficking as well under that statute. So what's the connection between human trafficking and child welfare? The connection between 
child welfare and human trafficking is one that's not easily recognized, especially in our rural parts of our state. CPS case managers will often run into these cases by happenstance. So they'll get a drug exposed child allegation or a child sexual abuse allegation. And once they start working the case, they uncover human trafficking. When we're looking at these cases from a global assessment standpoint, we really must understand what the underlying issues within the household and family dynamics are. Because a lot of times we see parents that are in the throes of addiction. They very obviously love their children, but they're desperate not to be in a state of withdrawal or dope sick, as we often hear it called. And the only way they can make payment for their substances is by allowing sexual abuse of their children, which is very much trafficking. And conversely, we see runaways affected by human trafficking. So children, you know, they're obviously our most vulnerable population, especially the ones who are on runaway status because they're at an increased risk for human trafficking. So traffickers will look for risk factors and often can pick up on these runaway children very quickly just by demeanors and behaviors, and they'll offer them food, shelter, and anything else they can do to meet a basic need. And so at the end of the day, a trafficker is going to look at identifying a child who has a need. They're going to fill that need, and then they're going to use these needs to groom children. It's really a highly sophisticated crime. Can you share with me why services for our human trafficking survivors are so important. Children who are identified as high risk for trafficking or have been a victim of trafficking qualify for special services through nonprofits. These nonprofits or NGOs, as they're often called, specialize in prevention and intervention services. So they focus specifically on human trafficking and the complex trauma that this injustice creates to the populations it affects. The prevention services can often be the key to really saving those who are just on the cusp of becoming a victim, and the intervention services can help provide a support system to the children and their guardians. Most of the intervention services don't just end after a set time frame, and they're available to the victim for as long as the victim wants the service provider involved. The services are really comprehensive, and they're an excellent way to prevent children from re-entering the trafficking world once they've been rescued, or to prevent children from entering the trafficking world once they've been identified as high risk. Do we have any human trafficking statistics specific to DCS cases that you can share? We have had human trafficking referrals in all 95 counties. We started focusing on the need for human trafficking at DCS in the mid-2010s, and we launched the Internal Human Trafficking Unit in January of 2023. And as of today, January 17, 2023, the Human Trafficking Unit has had over 15 referrals for the month of January. We have had as many referrals as there are days in January that we've been working. So that's amazing. What a high number. It's really great that we've got that focus on human trafficking. Is there more information about the services that case managers can access for the children and youth on their caseloads on human trafficking? So case managers can look at Work 89, which guides the human trafficking policies and provides some resources within that Work 8. They can also contact the team leaders in the human trafficking units. For the East Grand Region, including the Upper Cumberland area, Erica Yeager is the team leader. And for the Middle and West Grand Regions, the team leader is Rebecca Page. They have knowledge of specific 
services within their regions, and they're able to connect with resource providers and individual workers when consultations are needed. Kelly, you shared a little bit of information earlier about the scorecard. Can you talk more about that? Absolutely. So on the scorecard, they have a framework that are comprised of six legislative issues that help model the report cards. The frameworks have 40 policy goals for each of the 50 states and the District of Columbia and are grouped into six different areas. Those areas are criminal provisions, identification and response to victims, continuum of care, access to justice for survivors, tools for a victim-centered criminal justice response, and prevention and training. The report cards help each state learn what they're doing well and what they need to improve on. Can you share any additional information or resources that you think the listeners may need to know, particularly on how to report human trafficking? Absolutely. If you know or suspect trafficking of a child, you should make a report to DCS at one 237 0004. And you should also contact the TBI Human Trafficking Hotline at 1-855-558-6484. These hotlines operate 24-7 and will connect the cases with the appropriate authorities and case managers. Thank you so much to our subject matter expert, Kelly Germain, for joining us today for this DCS Talks edition. Thank you, listener, for your interest about child welfare. Please join DCS Talks again to hear other subject matter experts discuss ways to advocate for children and build resilient communities.